We are rapidly approaching what we hope will be the return of professional sports in this country in the National Hockey League. Of course, locally, that means the Boston Bruins. And joining us on the Harbor One Hotline is Nesson Bruins play-by-play announcer Jack Edwards. Jack is brought to you by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. Hello, Jack. How are you? I'm doing great, Dale. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. And I think um, we've got a pretty good chance of, of actually seeing some hockey games here in the near future. Yeah, you know, I uh, my skepticism wanes by the day, but uh, I'm I'm still uh, cautiously pessimistic. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I I see what's going on with Major League Soccer, and uh, this virus is so contagious that you know once it gets inside the bubble, uh, teams seem to pick it up as uh, half dozens or, or tens at a time. So. Uh, Keep our fingers crossed, right? That's that's all we're doing now for every sport. That's for sure. So, but tell us, Jack, what are what are your plans for the broadcast? What can you tell us about it? Where are you going to be? What's it going to look like? How's it going to sound? What, what's the, what's the best of your knowledge? Yeah, well, we're going to do the broadcast from Watertown. Uh, Nesson issued uh, very detailed protocols for. Uh, uh, what will get you into the building and, uh, they're, uh, they're screening for COVID-19 and, uh, anybody who feels the least bit ill is not to come to work. Um, but, uh, we're, uh, we're optimistic that everybody will stay healthy through this. Um, and Brick and I are going to be in the green room and Sophia's just going to be right down the hall and, uh, Dale, and uh, the boys are going to be in a studio, but uh, we're all going to be socially distanced and uh, hope that if anybody has it, they keep it to themselves. <laughs> but uh, the the uh, the biggest challenge, I think, Rich, is going to be um, manufacturing the energy and, and perceiving it through uh, the uh, television feed that we get from Toronto because, uh, as you know, so much of pro sports especially in this town is uh is is about riding the wave of the crowd and and the crowd's emotion and uh whether it's piped in or non-existent it's going to be artificial if it exists at all and trying to pick up the ebbs and flows of of the game from just the player's behavior is going to be really uh, a great challenge. But, um, you know, we'll take it on as long as the puck's in play, right? I I called some Revolution soccer games off a monitor in Boston at one point, and it was difficult. I know you've called hockey off a monitor when the Bruins uh, were were in Europe. Uh, I almost, in, in some respects, as tough as I think your job is, I almost think it's harder for Andy in some respects because he really can't see things off the puck that he's so good at describing and, and predicting at times. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you. And having done uh, all kinds of play-by-play uh, daily, I am sure you're totally aware, and, and our audience may be, that uh, great color commentators – do two things at once, at least. They're watching the moment at hand, and they're also on the talk back to the remote truck saying, look for that Carlo takeaway because um, it may lead to something. And um, so they, they cue 
uh, a cue point to Brandon Carlo's takeaway down near the goal line of the defensive zone, and it ends up resulting in uh, three passes later, a Brad Marchand shot on goal. And this is what differentiates Nesson's broadcasts from um, virtually any other uh, broadcast in the United States, at least, um, that, that Brick is able to analyze how a play begins and not just the pass to the shot and then a super slow-mo of the shot and the save or the shot and the goal. You actually understand how the play develops, and, and this is Brick's uh, real genius to be able to distill those analytical uh, sequences into uh, eight or ten second um, bits of his philosophy. And, and I totally agree with you. Not being in control of the feed is going to be a great challenge, and he's just going to have to ad lib off of whatever they send down the line. We've all been in the garden for playoff games. We know how loud it can get. How do you think the players are going to react and respond to nobody in the stands? You know, that's that's the biggest question, and uh, it's one I'm planning on asking Brick uh, in our Open for our first game but because, um, <laughs> you know, anybody who gets amped up for practice um, other than Ray Bork – uh, cannot manage their game intensity. And and part of what made Bork the greatest uh, defenseman of his age was his ability to go full octane even in the uh, mid-September training camp practices, and it forced everybody to raise the bar. Um, I, I don't know how most players can manufacture that energy um, save uh, what is at stake. But, you know, four games into it, they're going to be playing for their lives, right? You know, there, right. there are three games that are that are sort of for seeding, and, you know, that's another can of worms with <laughs> which I take issue. But um, after that, you know, they're, they're playing for real keeps, and, and uh, that, that energy has got to come from somewhere, and, and part of it comes from the fan base. We're talking to Nesson Boston Bruins play-by-play announcer Jack Edwards as uh, the NHL and uh, absolutely the Bruins are looking at the, the return to play. Uh, they've put in such, uh, such a great detailed plan to return to play, but the key for me and the reason why I think the NHL has the best chance to finish their season is that they went to Canada. They went to Edmonton. Yeah. They went to Toronto. They, the NBA went to the hottest spot in America right now for the coronavirus. I, I honestly do think that the, the NHL has a very good chance to crown a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and uh, the the Canada move makes sense in, in every way but one. And uh, that is that uh, familiarity for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers should play into their hands because even if uh, the NHL tries to make all things equal, uh, just being in the familiar surroundings of one's home rink uh, are a great advantage. And, yeah, the Bruins have had a terrific record in Toronto, and individuals on the Bruins in the World Cup have had fabulous games uh, with a lot at stake 
uh, in the building in Toronto. But nevertheless, um, it, it's, a, it's an undeserved advantage for the Oilers. I, I would have preferred as logistically difficult as it would have been to uh, see the East play in Edmonton and the West play in Toronto because selling tickets is not an issue. Do you think we we normally see more upsets in the NHL playoffs than we do the NBA playoffs, for example, but based on the long layoff and just the unique circumstances, do you think we could see even more upsets this year in the playoffs? Yeah, and Rich, you're playing to my second greatest fear. My greatest fear of uh, of this is that we get into the conference final and one team gets a, uh, a mass contagion uh, and... Yeah. The league is in a in a really tough spot where they have to uh, either put things on hold for a month or six weeks or cancel it outright after we've played all this playoff hockey. Um, so, you know what what is a fair resolution of that? Everybody's hoping it it doesn't happen. But um, my my second greatest fear is one of these uh, number eleven or twelve teams gets on a ridiculous tear mm. and uh, makes the Stanley Cup final. And then at the next Board of Governors meeting, some clown uh, who's a billionaire says, I think we ought to have 12 teams from each conference every year in the playoffs. Mm. You know, it, it, the, the Stanley Cup playoffs, if you finish in the top half of your conference, you know, you're in. You've earned it. That's what the regular season is all about. And then it's up for grabs. Everybody starts from 0-0. So, yeah, to answer your question directly, I, I think there are going to be crazy upsets. But um, my, my second greatest fear is that uh, this leads to a structural change in the Stanley Cup playoffs because anybody who's watched the last 10 years of Stanley Cup playoffs would say that it's the most exciting the NHL ever has been why change the formula why mess with it we've already had two players go outside the the bubble over the wall if you will at the nba bubble in orlando one because he was hungry one because he said he said he made a mistake patrice bergeron talked about this yesterday and said look we're not going to be you know babysitting guys to make sure they do what they're supposed to do there's personal responsibility involved here I think that might work for a team with the veteran leadership that the Bruins have. Are you fearful that there are going to be players, either on the Bruins or other teams, who simply are going to get stir-crazy and violate the terms of the protocol that the NHL has put in place? Yeah, I'm, I'm in lockstep with you on that. I, I think the Bruins' ability to focus and shut out the noise and do whatever the conditions demand is at least equal, if not superior, to any team in the NHL, and that's that's uh, derived. That thought is derived from the uh, the veteran core, the veteran leadership, and their focus throughout their careers. And having been there and done that, having been to three Stanley Cup Finals and knowing what it takes, um, the variable is: what if somebody that you're playing goes outside the bubble, picks it up, and then he has to quarantine, his team has to quarantine, and it's not too hard to trace, but everybody who's been on the ice with that player should be isolated 
right? So, uh, yeah, discipline league-wide is absolutely mandatory, and uh, it's it's still to be determined if, if NHL players can remain disciplined, especially for six or eight weeks. That's a long, long time to be in the bubble. Is there a potential first-round opponent that would be better off the Bruins could avoid? I don't think so. Um, I I think that the Bruins are well equipped uh, to play any opponent. They fear no opponent. Uh, every team that qualifies for the playoffs is capable of an upset. Um, but the Bruins have demonstrated not only this season, but over the course of the Bruce Cassidy era, that they're capable of playing lots of different ways and winning. Uh, they've gotten really a lot better at protecting leads as this season has worn on. Um, Tuka Rask is well-rested, which is a danger sign for any team facing Tuka Rask. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really confident that the Bruins have everything in place uh, to make a really deep run or, or win the whole thing. But, you know, it's hockey. <laughs> a couple right. of bounces, a key injury, and – Upset City, right? The, oh, yeah. the Bruins were the number one team in the league when the league was suspended. They had been 16-4 and four in their previous 20 games. So this is not me being the Homer pie-in-the-sky guy. They were considered one of the best, if not the best, team in the league when the league shut down. Adding to that is the idea that the one concern you might have had as a Bruins fan going into a playoff run is you know not being able to get rest for Zdeno Chara and Patrice Bergeron and the excessive high-level uh, minutes that they've had to play, those guys have got to feel better than they've ever felt in their lives going into the playoffs. <laughs> right, right. You know, there was uh, the quote from Chara when he came back from Florida, when he when he drove the whole way back from Florida, um, and he said he hasn't been off skates this long in 25 years. And, you know, a 43-year-old guy who uh, could whip most 20-somethings uh, with rest, that's, that's a great uh, circumstance for the Bruins. On the other hand, St. Louis gets Tarasenko back, right? And they, they were anticipating he might join them, might join them in the conference final. But, you know, he's healthy again. So lots of teams have gotten better and, uh, if we're fortunate and teams are able to report to camps in shape and stay healthy, uh, we're going to have an unbelievable playoff stretch. Uh, giving credit where credit is due, you got the same email I got from our bosses. They put together a 20-page protocol that's in place for us and for the Red Sox broadcast teams and how they're going to try to put all this. They've been working on this thing literally for months uh, if it if it doesn't work, it's not for lack of trying because the detail that they put into this is remarkable. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I tip my cap to uh, Rick Jaffe and Howard Zalkowitz who are on the uh, top of the pyramid for uh, the Bruins production. Uh, I did not know this until I was uh, discussing his medical expertise, but Howard's father is a doctor, <laughs> and it's a good thing because. <laughs> because that you know i my eyes uh 
got bleary a few times reading the protocols, but uh, Nesson has gone to extraordinary lengths to uh, protect and defend its employees, and and uh, they stood by us, and um, they're doing the right thing. And uh, uh, it's it's really a pleasure to work there, and we're going to be inventing it on the fly. I'm sure there are going to be changes in the midst of it, but uh, they're as prepared as, as one could be.